Hi folks, welcome to our Jet Centra podcast, episode 20, the big 2-0. I'm Steve Lai, sports editor at the Free Press here. I'm uh, here as usual with Mike McIntyre. It's a little different today, Mike. I'm at home, and you're at home. I am, yeah. not, I, I am not on my driveway in my car, though. Um, a, I don't have a driveway. Uh, I'm sitting in my front living room looking out the window. I'm on vacation this week, but I'm taking a little time out here to chat with you because I'm not sure I could go a whole week without doing that, Mike. <laughs> well, you say you don't have a driveway. You also don't have dogs, right, Steve? I don't have dogs, no. That's my biggest reason for being in the driveway, of course. Oh, cause... right, because they're going to bark. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do know about that, though. I've got some neighbors uh, that uh, seem to have... Uh, uh, don't care that their dogs bark at 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. on a daily basis. Uh, I'm not sure why people think they can do that, but let's not get into a dog rant here. I'll <laughs> food terribly, I'm sure. Um, how are you? Uh, very good. I mean, I'm. geez, I'm looking outside here. It's supposed to go to like 30 degrees today. The, uh, the trees are budding. I can see green on the trees. Yeah. There's a nice breeze. Life is pretty, uh, pretty good. And yeah, you have this week off. I'm actually on holidays next week. Which uh, I was just looking back. I actually haven't taken a week off since last August. Uh, now wow. there's days off, of course, and uh, you know long weekends and whatnot. But yeah, it, it, I was thinking to myself, geez, it feels like it's been a long time since. I didn't have to write for several days in a row, and then I, I looked into it, and I'm like, yeah, actually, last August. That was a long time ago. Interestingly enough, it was last August. You must August. have a lousy boss. <laughs> or just, I'm just a bad bad planner. Um, you are you are that, yeah. But I, I'm one of those, I think, kind of like you, Steve, when I take time off, I want to go somewhere. Like, I don't, I don't like just staying home. So I usually book vacation around actually going on vacation so uh i was supposed to be off this week as well originally my wife and i in fact we would have been getting on a plane about 20 minutes ago uh to las vegas under our original plan i just got the notification on my phone this morning as a painful reminder of what would have been uh that of course that trip's not happening so um but yeah i'm off next week which i'm kind of looking forward to uh I have an aunt and uncle who have a swimming pool in their backyard that they're opening this weekend, and I plan to spend a lot of my time next week uh, in the pool. Well, I hope you get the same weather that I've had this week. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been beautiful. So, so um, other than our vacation, uh, which we can talk about more as we get to the center of our, uh, our podcast, um, let's chat a little bit about um, uh, the NHL. So, some news yesterday that may affect the NHL's plans to return to play. Uh, the federal government extended the border restrictions. That also affects our plans to go anywhere south of the border, as, as you mentioned, uh, to June 21st. Um, still no non-essential travel from the States to Canada type of thing. Um, any Has there been any further... I haven't been paying that close of attention to the news over the last five days while I was on vacation, Mike, a little bit. What I did read, uh, I did read a little bit about this 24-team uh, playoff proposal that the NHL 
seems to be leaning towards, and frankly, that's the one that makes most sense to me. Yeah. And, and guys like Corey Schneider, a goaltender for the New Jersey Devils, who originally played for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, some of you folks may remember him. Um, I was shocked to see that he's 34 years old. Man, it's not <laughs> um, so Corey Schneider said this week that, you know, he's not crazy about the idea of having to come back and play for a half a dozen or 10 games, and then they're not going to make the playoffs anyways. And so, yeah, I don't see the point in bringing back those other teams that aren't going to make the playoffs anyways. Uh, let's limit the uh, problem here. And if, it, if they're going to play again, let's keep it to 24. What do you think? Yeah, and it's an interesting scenario that's being bandied about, Steve, with the 24 teams where the playoffs would actually be 16 teams. They would reduce the field from 24 to 16 by having like a round robin in which teams that are outside the 16 right now could play their way into the 16. So, call are, the Jets, are, the Jets, are the Jets in the 16 or are they out right now? I mean, they're in. Yeah, it depends which metric you use. They're right. in if you count points. points. Yeah, yeah. They're out if you count win percentage. And yeah, look, look, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> they are like literally on the bubble. All right. um, one scenario I saw is that you'd have... In, in, you'd have four divisions of six teams. So you'd, take, you'd basically take the top 24 teams in the league at the time of the break. You'd have them in four groups of six. Everybody would play a five-game round robin. So essentially, you'd play everybody once in your little division. Then the results of those five games would be tacked on or weighted. Uh, a percentage, I guess, of them would be weighted with what you actually did in the regular season up to the point of the pause. And then there'd be like a reshuffling. And then you'd start the playoffs with 16 teams. So I guess under that scenario, there still would be eight teams that are coming back just to play five games and then they'd be done. But that's not unlike what the playoffs would be like anyways, right? Um, yeah, I guess they would come back. Yeah, they could potentially, the playoffs could come back. To, and, and you could go into the playoffs and play four games, I guess. But sure. still bringing, you know, bringing people back and, and having them go through a three-week training camp. And then, you know, not to mention the, the, the risks uh, health-wise of, uh, of coming back, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the other, I'm just, I'm sure the other interesting... Like, yeah, the other interesting thing is they're talking about, there was originally talk about four hub cities. Now it's down to apparently two is the sort of more popular scenario where you would actually have 12 teams in a city and bunker them down in one big hotel, I guess. Vegas is one of the cities being talked about. Uh, I see Steve Vegas, whereas I mentioned my wife and I should have been headed today. There's some casinos that are actually opening next week. I, I can't believe that they're doing that. Uh, but, I mean, they're losing oodles of money daily, so I guess I understand the motivation. But you could take one of these massive resort hotels and accommodate 12 teams and, and basically lock them down in that hotel. And um, So two hub cities of 12 teams each. But, yeah, it's... Uh, there's this return to play committee. We've talked about it. Mark Shifley from the Jets is on it. They've been meeting on a daily basis uh, with some of the board of governors and general managers, that sort of thing. Um, I saw James Van Riemsdyk, who's also on it, said earlier today that there is no timeline for a final decision, but the hope 
hope is that within the next week or so that they'll have come to um, a scenario that they would, I guess, go public with, kind of like what Major League Baseball did last weekend. They kind of mapped out their scenario and all the restrictions that would be in place. But it's obviously proving to be a, a gargantuan task, Steve. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and as usual, I'm here with our sports columnist, Mike McIntyre. Mike, you mentioned in the first period about uh, Major League Baseball uh, <laughs> releasing uh, their plan to return to play, and um, it's comprehensive, uh, 67 pages, I think it was. Um, yes. Uh, including all kinds of uh, rules and uh, changes to the game and how they'll go about uh, returning. You know, they're going to have 10,000 tests per week. They're going to, they're not going to be any more high fives. There's not going to be any hugs. There's not going to be any fist bumps. There'll be no spitting, uh, no chewing tobacco, no sunflower seeds, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes, it goes on and on and on and on and on to explain um, how potentially Major League Baseball would return to play. And you know, I did look at some of the reaction to this uh, uh, document, and uh, a lot of people were like, this is too much, and uh, yeah. this is crazy, and uh, oh my God, I'm not going to play if I can't chew sunflower seeds. Like, <laughs> get, over, get over yourself, bud. Um, um, it's comprehensive, but it, in my mind, it's good. I mean, it needs to be and I guess hypothetically you know there are people out there who say that the world in general overreacted to COVID and that we erred far too far on the safe side but I'm okay with that frankly and and, and if it ends up that we did too much well I think it's way better than the country south of us that's doing far too little Um, and so you know I, I'm, I, I'm, I like it. And the other thing I like about it, Mike, is that finally, finally, uh, you know, one of these leagues put something out, right? Just, yeah. So kudos to MLB for for doing this. And, and, and in, in my mind right now, at least in North America, they seem to be the leaders in getting uh, things uh, back in action. Now, maybe that's because they're an outdoor game like they are and, 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 and frankly, there's not a lot of, I mean, the the players stand 90 feet apart anyways, right? You know what I mean? And so maybe there's, maybe that's what will help baseball get going. But I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was good. It, it was. And I also thought it, I thought it was insightful because you got to figure sport like hockey or basketball, the NBA, I mean, what, how different are their return to play protocols going to have to look than baseball's, right? Yeah, I would think that they would be different, yeah. And so if baseball has 67 pages and, I mean, all kinds of things, and you, you touched on a lot of them, but, you know, they're not allowed to take Ubers, there's no dining out in restaurants, no going to bars, um, no pregame buffets, no showers at the stadium. Like, they're they're being encouraged to basically show up dressed to play, kind of like they did, I guess, when they were, like, um, Little League players. And hey, I show up to work dressed. <laughs> I, I come to work dressed. I don't sure. shower before I, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> be fine. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting to see it kind of laid out
black and white, and I would think other leagues like the NHL are paying attention to what MLB has laid out here, and we'll see a lot of of similar uh, protocols put in place. What I worry about, Steve, and I wrote about this a bit in, in Wednesday's Free Press, how closely are these really going to be A, followed, and B, enforced? And I asked that question because of what happened last weekend in Germany when their top soccer league returned, just like baseball with all kinds of new rules, and many of them quickly got disregarded. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, but this one team, they scored three goals in a victory. They celebrated after every goal with a big group hug. Uh, one player even kissed his teammate on the forehead. Uh, all of that is a no-no. And the league sort of responded on, on Tuesday and said, yeah, we, we weren't very happy with that, so we're just going to remind everyone not to do that anymore. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it. I, I heard about it, and then and then I... And then I decided to go and check into it and and so yeah so there'll be I, I get the feeling that at least I would think maybe baseball would be a little bit more um, they do like to be a little bit more heavy-handed in of course their rules um, in general North American sports has been a little bit more um, stringent like that um, yeah I found that kind of interesting that after all that's happened uh, over there, that they were doing that. I mean, Germany's been pretty good at at doing what they've been doing to deal with COVID, for sure. Right. Uh, you know, these are young athletes, but you're right. I mean, one guy said, I guess, how can you not celebrate? Um, I'm not sure that... I'm not sure. That was the, that, that that was the manager. That was the coach who said that. Oh, was, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's basically saying, well, I think these rules are dumb. Uh, and, you know, human nature being what it is, how can you not celebrate? I will say this, though, there was another coach of the German team who wasn't allowed to coach on the weekend because he left his hotel to go buy toothpaste from a, uh, a local store, which, right. was a, which was a violation of the rules. And so he actually was ordered to not be on the sidelines. He's now going to have to have two negative tests. COVID test before he's allowed. There's also, Steve, an entire team that's quarantined right now for 14 days because they had two members test positive while they were training. So, I mean, again, I guess that gives us an idea that there is some enforcement going on. And it also gives us a glimpse into what might happen if a, if a player or multiple players were to become infected. Bill Daly of the NHL, Deputy Commissioner, is on record now saying that it would not shut everything down if someone were to test positive. I, I'm just not sure, would you quarantine an entire NHL team for two weeks? If that was the case, that's what they're doing in Germany. Yeah, there's, you know, there's just more and more as I see these things and I read about them and we're experiencing them. It, you know, it, it just makes me wonder, you know, it, it's what's going to happen. There's so much uncertainty that it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. It's all uncharted territory. It's, let's try this, and then we'll try that, and then we'll try this, and then we'll try that. Um, you know, it's like, uh, there's this really good show, if you ever want to watch a good show on Prime Video, it's called Sneaky Pete, and Giovanni Rabisi plays this con man, and, 
and his his mantra basically is you don't deal with the problem until there's a problem and then you deal with the problem and it's always flying by the seat of his pants type of thing right and it's it's a great show by the way and um and it's like that's kind of what they're gonna doing here i guess they're gonna you know they're planning the best that they can but then things are gonna happen and then you're gonna have to deal with that as they come along sure um, well and last, uh, last last week steve i mean for a piece I, I talked to three different infectious disease experts in canada all from different regions uh and it was interesting to me i mean in addition to just how they answered a number of questions i posed to them about sports and what it would look like what I found most interesting is that the, there was no uniformity, even on these three experts. They answered some of the same questions quite differently. And the biggest one to me that stood out was the question of would a positive test or two, or should a positive test or two, shut it all down? One of the experts was adamant that absolutely, that's got to be the end of it. The other two, not so much. They thought there were workarounds. But to me, that just provided a glimpse that even among experts, uh, there's a, a wide range of opinion on how all of this should be handled, which just speaks to why I guess it's tough for anyone right now to come to any kind of consensus or decision. Uh, okay, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Center podcast. Um, Mike, we, we've talk, talked a lot about return to play and, 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 and whether it will happen or not. So one thing that isn't going to happen, we know this for sure, is that there will be no Winnipeg Jets games uh, played at Bell NTS Center uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, who knows when that might ever happen again. Um, but for now, there isn't. And True North finally, last week, uh, made a decision to uh, refund the ticket money to people who had paid for tickets now, just clarify for me: Did they give money back, or they, did they just give credits? No, you can you can get a refund. Um, they'll give you a refund if if that's what you would prefer. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, they had just, just to be clear: the Jets had four home games that were left. I know there were some NHL teams that had like seven or eight, and so they're talking even more money, of course, than the Jets. Um, but so you could either get the money back straight up, or you could get a credit right. uh, towards your uh, next year's tickets. Um, and it's interesting that yeah, you would be you would be credited. I believe three percent is what they worked it out that you get a three percent credit. I know there's some people who feel it should be a bigger credit than that. You're basically letting them keep your money. I guess essentially you should get interest or something. Uh, I'd be curious to know how wow. many, how many go the refund route versus the credit route. I guess if you're true north, you really hope that more people choose the credit route, right? Because well, you still have that money. Sure, of course, of course you would. But uh, I'm certainly not doing that. So I was out. Um, I took a little uh, road trip yesterday, just for the day. I went up to Gimli uh, to visit our former sports columnist, Paul Wiesick. Yes. Uh, we went for a bike ride, and so over lunch, we sat and we had lunch, and he made these great fish tacos from Nice Quick Roll, fresh up there in Gimli. It's and funny, then, uh, sorry to interrupt, we had fish okay. tacos for dinner last night, Steve. Oh, nice, right yes. on. So, um, yeah, they were quite good, and uh, for anybody who is out there listening that wanted to know where Paul Wiesick is, that's 
he says over lunch, he says, when do you think um, sports uh, with fans in the stands, like hockey, et cetera, et cetera, will return to the way it was before? And my immediate answer was five years. And he looked at me and he goes, what? <laughs> and I was like, I, you know what? I'm, maybe I'm overestimating here, but um, I just, I, so first, I don't think that there's going to be that type of fans in the stands until at least there's a vaccine, right? I would just hope. Yeah, so I don't know when that is. I mean, I mean, you hear stories about the possibility that it's going to be in the fall, then you hear 18 months, then you hear two years. So, but then even after that, then there's a period of getting everybody inoculated, right? And, and who knows how long that's going to take, right? Secondly. And then thirdly, I think there's the process, thirdly, there's the process of the population feeling safe to, you know, this is going to be a psychological, a sociological, a sociological break of, of people going back to mass gatherings like that. And then finally, who's going to be able to afford it, right? You know what I mean? And so the idea of that, so what I'm saying is that I would be, not be putting my money in a credit to go to a Jets team in the no. future. I'd be taking the cash. It's funny you mentioned about being able to afford it. There was that Angus Reid survey a couple of weeks ago, Steve, that actually flat out asked the question, for this fall, if if you were to be allowed into a sporting event this fall for free, would you do it? And I don't have this, the survey in front of me, but if I recall, it was only like 40% of people were jumping at that chance. And that, I don't know what you that high, Mike. I think it was 88% said no, uh, but I, I don't remember exactly, but I, it was overwhelming, I, and frankly, I'm not sure, yeah, I, I just, I don't know how long this is going to take, Yeah, I, this is a, this is, this is not, this is not a return to play as we used to be anytime soon, like, I think that anybody, unless, uh, just miraculously, the virus goes away. <laughs> well, Donald Donald Trump seems to think it will, but and the experts agree. And then that viewer like, like, oh my god. Um, so okay, you know, so back back home here, anyways, the the virus has kind of gone away a little bit. Right, um, we have had a lot of cases of COVID nineteen here in Manitoba over the last seven or eight or nine days. Right, we went a stretch where we had zero for six straight days. Yeah. Uh, so, and and that my understanding is that um, uh, they're going to announce some further uh, easing of restrictions this week. Is that right? Yeah. So, phase two was supposed to begin on on June the first. That was assuming everything was going well. That's what they announced back in April. Phase right. One, of course, started back on May the fourth. So they would now have all kinds of data, Steve, to show how Manitobans have responded to phase one. And there has been no big spike in cases. In fact, the, the, the curve remains very, very flat now sort of three weeks after phase one began. And so phase, phase two, they're talking about moving up possibly later this week. We should hear more about it in the coming days. Uh, and phase two is going to be interesting because this is the phase supposedly that will involve uh, in restaurants being allowed, not just on patios, but actually inside restaurants. There's all other things as well, uh, nail salons. I don't know if you go get a 
manicure and pedicure, Steve? Are you a Mandy Petty kind of guy or no? Uh, once I did, yeah. <laughs> I did it once as well. Um, I'm ticklish, so I didn't want I didn't like my feet being touched, to be honest. Uh, what know, color What color nail polish did you get? Oh, I don't think I got. I didn't get nail. I just got them off because <laughs> we were going on a trip, and my wife wanted my nails to look my toenails to look nice, not so gnarly. Um, uh, is is one of the eases of restrictions? Could it be that they would open the ice at the ice flex, and small groups of players would be able to go? I see that they're doing that in Ottawa. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Could that be something that happens here this later this week? I think it will be for sure. Yeah. Now, the question, of course. Going back to what you said, I think back in the first period with the border closing, you know, being extended, um, I know there are exceptions and they would have to allow, for instance, Patrick Lyonese in Finland, if he wanted to come back, even if you were allowed to skate at the Iceplex in a week or so, can Patrick Lyonese get back to Winnipeg? I don't know the answer to that. Um, they'd have to make some, I guess he could, right, but he'd have to quarantine for 14 days. And would that defeat the, the point of even coming back? I don't know. Well, I don't know that you can actually... That there, you have to have a reason to fly here that's essential. Right. My understanding of the borders is that you can't... It's not that I can just get on the plane and then say I'm going home, going back to Winnipeg, and then, but I will quarantine. You still need a reason to be coming here. I mean, I... I believe, I believe yeah. work... Yeah, but I believe work is considered... A reason to come, right? If you have to travel, if it's if travel is essential to your work, which I guess a pro hockey player could make that argument. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You wouldn't be actually going back to work yet. A no, and B. I'm not sure that that's an essential worker, but um, although that, that might get an argument from a lot of sports fans yeah. on that. Um, but they're not they're not letting people just go across. I, I read a story where a guy. Or a guy, yeah, a guy really wanted to go across because his wife was in Canada and she was giving birth, and they said no. So, like, uh, yeah, they're being pretty strict. Uh, they are. Yeah, they're being super strict at border crossings and stuff. You know, uh, go, going back to your point off the top here in this period about crowds in, in arenas, I saw a very interesting tweet from John Shannon. Uh, John Shannon, I believe, used to be a general manager in the NHL and, and a broadcaster. He tweeted earlier today, Steve, that the NHL has done some exploratory work on on figuring out if you were to put people in a hockey rink and keep everybody six feet apart from everybody else, how many people could you actually put in that rink and, and you'd be adhering to the six feet guideline? What do you think, we'll, we'll do a little trivia, what do you think the number of fans you could get in a rink under those guidelines are because he, he provided a number that I thought was very interesting oh um, so let's say at 18,000 seat rink which is the example he used how many people do you think you could put in an 18,000 seat rink where you would not be within 6 feet of anybody 3,000 close he said the number was between 2,000 and 2,500 okay. which kind of made it a non-starter for teams the idea I guess that well maybe we could have a limited number of fans start to attend. Um, but that just shows you, if you're going six feet in every direction, how difficult it would be, right? And, of course, that doesn't even consider the fact what happens when people want to move, to go to the bathroom, to get a snack, to, to leave. 
um, those buffer zones get violated. So that shows what they're up against. Okay, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Center podcast of Sports Editor Steve Lyons here with Sports Columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, you mentioned earlier at the, at the top of the show that I'm on vacation, um, and then you mentioned as well that you were supposed to be going to Vegas. Um, yeah, it's been a different vacation. I, like you, um, almost always take vacation and go somewhere. I was supposed to be attending a Adventure Travel Trade Association in Eugene, Oregon this month. Um, I'm not there, obviously. Instead, I'm uh, enjoying a staycation, which I haven't done in quite some time. Uh, I visited a garden center uh, and planted a vegetable garden, which I haven't done in ages. Um, Bought some flowers for my patio and have been biking. Am I allowed to complain about the winter? Okay, so I, 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 this is, look, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm really happy about this weather, but oh my God. Yeah. Would somebody please turn off the wind. Um, it's uh, it's not great for biking. I love to go biking. And um, yesterday I mentioned that uh, I visited Wiesick up in Gimli, and uh, we had a bike trip planned where we went from Gimli to Winnipeg Beach, and that's about 40K return. And the 20K going there was into the hill wind. Like, oh my God. And so then we thought this is going to be so much fun going home, right? Okay. Uh oh. Turned off the wind. Oh, I thought you were going to say it switched directions, which is worse. Well, at, at least it did switch. So, um, anyways, um, but you know, I, I, I'm enjoying the uh, the staycation. I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's quite relaxing. I mean, Travel can be a chore in itself sometimes, you know. Uh, uh, I can only imagine the chore it's going to be in the future. And so, um, um, yeah, for any of those, any of you folks out there that are are going to have to do staycations like uh, the rest of us this year, um, yeah, it's, it's all right. I don't mind it. We, uh, our, we, my wife and our daughter, we actually drove up to uh, Pinawa and locked the Bonnie just on on Saturday. Um, we, we had originally thought, you know, maybe we'll go walk around the old Pinawa Dam. I don't know if you've ever gone up there. It's really nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Nice area to just go hike around. And, and we thought, oh, it would be a good spot. You know, you can social distance. We had our masks. Well, we got up there, Steve, took one look at the parking lot and turned around. It was, there, there were easily a hundred, if not 150 cars in the parking lot it was a sea of humanity. It would have been very difficult to social distance, so we decided uh, it wasn't worth it. Uh, we did see a, a great gray owl uh, in its natural environment sitting sitting on a perch and actually saw the owl swoop down and kill something and eat it. I assume it was a, a mouse or a bull. It was quite, uh, it was quite something. We got video of, of the whole thing. Uh, saw a lot of deer, of course, uh, up in uh, in the Pinawa area. They saw more deer than people, in fact. Um, yeah, yeah. So with, uh, with with everybody, you know, being discouraged from going to the cottages and from and certainly nobody being able to travel, um, everybody's here. And so it used to be on a May long weekend or any long weekend, the city was deserted, right? You know what I mean? Yes. And with everybody staying home it was interesting uh you know i did go through a few parts over the weekend 
Assiniboine uh, Park was really busy and uh, there were people out and about and the zoo was open and I saw a lot of people in there. So, um, uh, you know, I'm torn, frankly, Mike, a little bit because there seems to be no community transmission going on in Winnipeg here um, and there's no very few active cases. Um, I'm still being careful, of course, yeah. but I don't have the same level of uh, nervousness um, walking past people that I did uh, a month ago. No, I'm with you. I, I'm sort of a V. You know what? We've kind of earned, we've earned a little leeway or maybe a little bit of rope here. Uh, let's not hang ourselves with that rope. Um, but, you know, we've done a pretty good job for the last two months and and a lot of people have had to make sacrifices, of course, to what yeah. their lives would have been like. But yeah, I mean, at the first sign of things starting to go sideways, uh, let's hope that and it, and let's hope that doesn't happen. But if it were to happen, um, let's hope people have the ability to dial it back if necessary. Um, because you're right, this thing isn't going anywhere. I mean, that's one thing I learned last week, talking to these infectious disease experts, this is going to be with us. This is a new pathogen that is going to be part of of living probably forever. It's not going away. Uh, and so people who think it's just going to magically disappear are fooling themselves. <laughs> All right. <that's> okay. <laughs> it's getting crazy down there. I got to, you know, I don't like to be political, but that guy's he, he's off his rocker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is. Like, he's not alone. Enjoy the week. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my vacation and then enjoy your week off next week. We'll, we'll cross paths a little bit, but we'll uh, we'll do this next Wednesday, folks. Enjoy the beautiful weather, despite the wind. Uh, and uh, that's all I got, Mike. Thanks, eh? All right. Take care, folks. <laughs>